hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what are we talking about today? We are going to discuss 1980s New Year's Evil. Michael, what are we drinking today? Uh, we're drinking opulence. Russian Imperial Stout from Odd Muse. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. A sponsor, I believe. Yes, they provided this. Thank you so much, Odd Muse. We had a trip to Dallas. We had to go there, and uh, I hit up uh, some breweries, and Odd Muse got back and said, yeah, we would like to contribute some beer to your cause. And I went there. We do have a cause. We do. <laughs> and it's beer and bee movies. So thank you so much, Odd Muse. It, it was a super cool spot. I don't know the Dallas area well enough to tell you where like the neighborhood is, but it was close to where Jane has family. They had some great beers across the line. They had one I brought back and I had it. It was a key lime pie beer that was so tasty. Well, I think we had one. I think I tasted that. I think you did. That I was think. really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. This opulence Russian Imperial Stout, way different than a key lime pie. Oh, absolutely. This thing is, I mean, this is dark. This thing is like taking light out of this room. Yeah. It's so dark. It's thick and it's roasty and coffee-like. Dark chocolate, a little bitterness. This is a good time. Oh, yeah. I almost wish we were like beer and B-movies and steak. <laughs> Because because like, it would be great to have just a nice fatty ribeye right now. This and, thing's tasty. And we did some learning today because we looked Russian Imperial Stout. Yes, yeah, so you see that a lot. And it's really, it's an Imperial Stout. It's a, I mean, Imperial Stouts are going to be higher in alcohol. They're going to be thick, dark, roasty. The Russian Imperial Stout, from what we've been able to find out, is just an Imperial Stout. It was made for Peter the Great. There you go. It was made in England. It was not a Russian invention. <laughs> yeah. the, the Brits... The Brits Made claim for Peter the Great. The art on the can is yeah. crazy. Is that Putin with it, a giraffe head? It's the shirtless Putin on a horse <laughs> with a giraffe head. This is true. I think you know. After drinking this, you might see something. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty funny. I don't know if this would be super popular in Russia right now. I don't know. I don't know Putin. He seems somewhat humorless to me. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he'd be like, hey, that. I don't think he takes jerk. jokes very well. No. Super cool spot, uh, it, I, and it was really fun because I went with a couple of Jane's nephews and one of her brothers. None, none of them had heard of this place. When we were going there, I started looking up breweries, and I said, "Odd news." First of all, I love the name, and uh, and I said, "We're gonna, I gotta do this little run of breweries." And they said, "Well, twist our arm." As most people <laughs> that know us. If you say, I got business, I got to go to breweries. Yes. But, uh, so yeah, they, they hadn't heard of it, and we went, and they had a great time. They're, oh, that's they, cool. They said, this is, yeah, we got a new spot. We had great fun, and, and they were super nice. Oh, this yeah, is delicious. This is, this is good. I oh, love, yeah. I love a good Imperial style. Nine percent. Yeah. And you kind of know because the roastiness is oh, yeah. thick, but get... it, it's not over, like, boozy. No. It's, um, we're going to have fun. New Year's Evil. Yes. This is my pick. It is your pick, Michael. It's a slasher movie. Picked it because New Year's. It's our first episode of the new year. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There was a moment I thought about reversing my decision. Because I don't hate the movie, but it's 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 pretty goofy. It's supposed to be set in the world of like punk and new wave. It's clearly written by people who have no knowledge of the punk and new wave scene of that era. No, I looked it up, and Leonard Neubauer, yeah. who wrote the screenplay, I think he was like in his 60s when he wrote this and with he, and he wasn't Emmett Alston. Yeah. He, he wasn't a hip <laughs> 60s. No. Basically what we have is it's New Year's Eve, 
We're in L.A. We're in Hollywood. We're at the Hollywood Inn, which is now the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Yeah. Spoiler alert, we're going to discuss everything about this movie. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. For good but, and bad. But interesting enough, this is a slasher movie where right off, you see the face of the slasher. It's not a big secret near it's, the end, like, who he's related to, but there's no hiding who he is. I'll tell you what, though, Jason. I kind of put it together <laughs> before we got to the end. What I found interesting was that they had they have, like, one main red herring, and I don't know why they have nah. it. Because early on, you see the face. You see who the killer is. But we have a, a DJ, Blaze. Her name's Diane, but they go yeah. Blaze. Yeah. Played by the actress Roz Kelly. Pinky Tuscadero From for your Happy Days fans. She's the host of this big radio show. <laughs> and this night, it's going to be a crazy thing. You're going to hear New Year's ring in in three time zones. Whoa! New York, Chicago, and Aspen, Colorado. What an odd choice for mountain time, right? I mean... Like Aspen... I just think the whole thing, it's just kind of funny that they act like this is some big, like this is a technological feat, even in 1980. Because they're like, let's check in with New York. Yeah. Let's check in. They're like, we're all ready. Are you guys ready? They're like, we're going to be hanging out, man. So, but she's kind of, you know, she's kind of a diva. She's a big deal. And this is a huge night because she's going up against like the big networks. They keep talking about the big networks, but it's a radio show. It's like Dick well. Clark, yeah. New Year's okay. Eve. You know, she's going up. This is a huge night. This is a oh, huge, yeah. huge night. Biggest night in her career. I'm thinking backstory transition from radio career to TV career. Yes. This, now, this takes place before the start officially of MTV. So yes. I, I really think that that's what's going on here. Transition she, from radio she, to TV. She wants some stuff done. She wants her. her I think it's her agent who's always at her side. She's she's Ernie, her, Yvonne, <laughs> her assistant. Yeah. Go get those press releases. Oh, and she's she's a hard drive. She's yeah. a driver. She, she's determined. She's a businesswoman. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. She talks to Yvonne, and she's like, where's Richard? Richard's her husband. Yeah. And, and Yvonne's telling her, hey, man, he's in Palm Springs. And he sounds pretty loaded. Pretty, pretty loaded. He got, his, he got his celebration started early. And Blaze is like, oh, man, of course, yeah. yeah. Crap. I wouldn't count on him showing up, Blaze or Diane. Which I just have to say, I wouldn't expect it anyway because that's a bit of a drive. I know. If you're not on the road on New Year's Eve by the time it's dark, you're. I mean, you got a bit of a drive, dude. And you got to question what type of the relationship they have if if this is the biggest night in your career and your husband is not at your side. And we find out her son's a jerk. I'm just gonna say it right up front. But people often talk about the slasher genre is misogynistic and anti-woman. And you have people on both sides arguing both points. This movie probably is more on the side of it is misogynistic. Oh, yeah. Because there, there's an attitude towards specifically Blaze that is just toxic. From her manager, Ernie, one of his first lines is like, you're never on, basically, it's like, you're never on time. To her husband, to the police when they first show up. And I think it's done on... And her son. And, well, her son's such a... Like, I cannot stand her oh, son. Oh, Jason, he, F- sh- he shows up in a tuxedo jacket with yeah. long tails. Yeah. Like a Fred Astaire thing. In jeans. Yeah, he's got that thin 80s tie. Everything is 80s. You just want to push him down some stairs. Yeah. He's horrible. She talks to Yvonne, and Yvonne's like, oh, your husband's wasted. Coked up, and boozed up, or whatever. Hey, that's a New Year's party. But... <laughs> <laughs> Especially in 1980. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but Avon has some plumbing issues in her hotel room. Would annoy me. Yeah. Just a drip, drip, drip. And so she's like, she's trying to get ready. I don't know how this all works. I don't know how any of this works. Yeah, I have I, so many questions. I don't know how any of this movie works. 
Her door is open. It says, do not disturb. She goes into the shacks. And when she looks out, Derek, the yeah. son, is walking down the hallway. And so she goes back in to this hotel room. Great decor. There is a neon, oh nagel, unicorn, like portrait and some wicker stuff on the wall. It's awesome. It is so 80s. And the shower's dripping again. She had fixed it first time. It's dripping again. What, what the and heck? And she's just going, wow, man. Yeah. So she goes to get it again. Boom. She's done. She gets grabbed. Knife. That's something very different from this movie. You see the after effects sometimes of the people who are killed by the slasher. You actually don't see the actual event. It's like It stops and it goes to the credits. Yes. Immediately. New Year's Evil. They put out like basically a casting call for people to write this song. They're like, hey, write a song for the the theme song for this movie. New Year's Evil is the name of the song, of course. It's great. It was written by a man and a woman. Both of them, if you go to their Wikipedia page, it's not mentioned in the body in the body of their because they went on, especially the, the lady, she went on to do a lot of writing with a lot of people. And her Wikipedia page, they at one point at the bottom, they just list all of her credits, and it's in there. Well, Jason, it's supposed to be punk and new wave. We're 1980. This song is neither. It sounds more like something the Blue Oyster called. Oh, I, I agree. It's like 70s arena rock. When I think of new wave after the punk movement, you're thinking of poppy, you're thinking of a lot of electronica, and you, you automatically associate synth with it. This, is this sounds like, like Flash Gordon queen theme yeah, song music no, it, with it a high-pitched a metal air bands. Not that it matters, but no. I, I thought it was a woman singing. Until we saw the actual band performing yeah. it. It's the band Shadow, yeah. which is a, a, real a real band. band. Everything about this Just, screams, we have no idea what this world is we're just writing about we heard it's cool damn kids and the rock and roll music it all sounds the same it would basically be like somebody like asking me to write about tiktok yeah i I don't really know it but i do a better job i would at least do some research so we have that cruising hollywood scene with the punks in the car with those cliched punks oh yes are so not punk and you just go man if i dropped you in london They'd make short work of you. They're sitting in a convertible. They're driving through Hollywood, and they're just like. And you see yeah. like the Pantages, the Scientology, but you see all the and like Hollywood their like tongues out, yeah, people, flipping people off. Oh, I mean, like <laughs> Jason. I don't even know if they flip people off. Like, like, like they're, they're sort of, they're sort of like so lame that they don't swear at people, spit at people, or flip people off. They just do like they stick their tongue out. And they're like me. That's literally seriously. I watched it so many times, and then they're you see like the squares. Yeah. They pretend to choke each other a lot. That was an odd thing. If you watch it, like the people in the background pretend to choke each other. I'm like, that's a, like, I mean, clearly they're saying just act crazy as you're driving down Hollywood. And people are like, well, no, it would be funny if we choke each other. Yeah. Like, like these people might know less about the punk community than the guy who wrote it. New Year's Evil song is kind of catchy. Oh, it is. I, I, I like it. I, 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 I do. I do. I like do. It. And I, there's plenty of podcasts that cover that song. It is a catchy song. And it sticks with you, but it is not New Wave or punk or at punk. all. Neither. You were saying they get to the, the... The Holiday Inn Hotel, now the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, right there at Hollywood and Highland. Like, sometimes there's parts of this movie where I'm like, are they playing this for a joke? Or they just don't have someone who's a true actor, and they're like, we just want you to say something. Wait, so they are have you a... talking about the security guard? Yes, and he's like, tickets, 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 tickets. Literally, he just goes, tickets, tickets, let's have your tickets. It's like all freaked out by these punks that come up. And they do, they just like walk up to him. But yes, it is, it is the strangest thing. 
I just kept laughing every time. Chickens, chickens. And you think in the beginning, these punks are going to have a big part of this movie. They absolutely do nothing. Once they go into the hotel, they're just background for like slam dancing scenes. But so they go up, and I'm going to say this, it's another Happy Days moment because the kind of the main punk, the leader of the group, if you will, he pulls out what looks like a switchblade. He goes, hey man, we have tickets. And he hits the switchblade, opens, and it's a comb. I had one of those. Oh, yeah. Everybody (laughs) did. But I remember the Fonz pulling one of those out. Yes, exactly. So it's just an odd moment that doesn't need to be there. These people don't, unless they were friends or family of the filmmakers, there's no point of these people being here. No. I don't know. And then we get an introduction to Blaze's son, Diane's son, Derek. Derek. And he shows up. And I have to say this. The actor they got... Grant Kramer, who's Mike Tobacco from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He, he looks Scotty and Hardbody. Exactly. He looks like Richard Sullivan. He looks like his dad. They did a good job of getting actors yes. that look like, you know, he does look like his the, the, the actors playing his dad. But he is such a wet blanket that first thing I'm like, you know what, dude? Give your mom a break. Boy, he shows up out of nowhere. He's got flowers. And, and granted, she is distracted it's her she's big a, night. She's an entertainment mom, yeah. and he grew up in that world. And he just starts feeling sorry for yeah. himself. And she's like, this is the biggest night of my career. And he's going, well, I got a part in a show called Spaceship America. I want to see that show. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, dude, what you have is you have like at least maybe one season. Because Spaceship America sucks. I can tell you right now, that, that show is going to suck hard. And, you, and if you're lucky, you're going to get ten episodes. And then they're going to cancel your ass like AKA Pablo. So, I mean, I think it's kind of like an episode of like maybe Quirk combined with Battlestar Galactica. It's just so dumb. Like Spaceship America. Somebody pitched that and then somebody okayed it. And I'm just going, no. So, but he is, he's just all like, mmm, poor me. Yeah. And she's getting ready. Meanwhile, Ernie, her agent, is going, you know, you got to get, we got to yeah. go. You're late. You're late. She goes, what are you talking about? You know, Derek has to tell her again, yeah. which means, well, I'm going to feel sorry for myself and he's like oh, and he's standing I, there in, free, in that in that stupid jacket with the long tails total 80s jeans, look yeah just like i'm waiting for someone to push him downstairs and then he goes well where's dad and i'm like you don't know where your dad is exactly like call palm springs he's loaded man yeah he's not feeling well so i mean it's like they try to make her the problem she's not the problem her a-hole husband and jerk son they stink. Give their mom a break and everything She's like working her butt off. This, yeah. It's not an easy gig. I'm sure he has a very easy life. I'm sure her husband and Derek have a very easy life because of what their mom's done. But and they granted, don't because, oh, I got to call Yvonne and beg for every penny. So we, we cut the blaze. She has this show. It's called The Hollywood Heightline. It's done on New Year's Eve. It's live high atop the Sunset Strip. And they're counting down the year's most popular new wave rock, which is not new wave. Yes, we want the number one new wave song. And here we're going to play a non-new wave song. And at this point, I'm assuming that one, she's just a radio DJ because she doesn't sing. It's before MTV. She's a host. So she's a host. Man Jack. Before MTV, before like everything was connected, 
The DJ was a huge music Very much celebrity. So. You go back in time, there were times that groups were made by, by a DJs. DJ in certain, lo- you know, New York, Detroit, Chicago, LA. So the DJ was a big deal, but you're right. I think it is the transition. She's going, like somebody going from television to movies. Yeah. You're going from radio to TV. And she does throw out a mention where she mentions K-Rock. I don't know if that has to do with the station that I grew up with, but I'm sure in some ways it does. There's a lot throughout oh, the Southern probably, California culture. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's yeah. like one of those legendary yeah. radio stations. Yeah, I mean, I grew up K-Rock. with it and everything like that. And then, of course... I knew about K-Rock in the Midwest. See? And then we get, of course, she mentions the movie's title. She's They're calling their celebration New Year's yeah. Evil. Oh, yeah. Of course, they have a bank of phones and they're making calls. <laughs> Nothing about this really screams like this works for television. It's like her sort of vamping on the stage. Yeah. The lamest crowd. There's supposed to be a mosh pit or a slam. Was there like 25 but, people but there? just like sort of bumping into each other. There's no continuity in the look. It's ego. Wait, that guy looks like he's in Hall and Oates. That person looks like a biker. It doesn't look like a bunch of punks or new waivers. So she's taking phone calls and people are like... Was that the first one? Is that a joke when the person says like, oh, my vote is for... We don't need no education. And I'm like, well, that's number one. That's not, It's a Pink Floyd song. It's not the title of the song. But exactly. also, that was from their from The Wall. Like, that's, so 79 or something like that. It would be Why? about that time. Yeah. At least the time is right. But it's it's also... it's a sort. To me, it was like making a joke because... It's like everybody would call that yeah. song that. Sort yeah. of like Baba O'Reilly. Everyone would say, it's Teenage Wasteland. And yeah. you go, oh, I love that song, Teenage Wasteland. <laughs> and you go, that's not a song. Yeah. You could be that person like, oh, it's not called We Don't Need Education. I yeah, I stopped, I stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes that yeah. guy. Excuse me. <laughs> Unless I don't like the person. So no, but then she gets a call from a guy using like a, a voice distorter. like, ow. <laughs> Hello, it's kind of like Marge Simpson a little bit. He's using it's. I think it's the thing that Peter Frampton used, like the where where talk about you know. The, the well, sometimes box. it's all the way in his mouth, and sometimes it's out here. Yeah, but the funny thing, Jason, to me is, is like this guy calls in. And he says, you know, and she's on the phone with this guy for a long time, yeah. considering it's like clearly. I'm not voting for a song or yeah. anything. I'm just going to kind of... Un- Ramble I'm just, yeah, it's, on it's, TV. I mean, that's you hang up. Yeah, and this is her big, big night. Yeah. So, so, she should be going like... Yeah, so, hey, have a good night, baby. You know, like, but who's screening these calls? Yeah, and so he doesn't want to talk about music or anything. He says, I got a New Year's resolution. I'm not going to try to do the voice yeah. the whole time. No. It's going to hurt and be annoying. And, and he's like, I'm going to kill somebody you know at the top of the hour. First off, he broke his own rule. He already yeah. killed Yvonne. And then when he goes to do the next kill, he goes to kill a nurse. I- I'm sure the wife doesn't know that person. Everybody he kills besides Yvonne, Blaze I mean, doesn't know any of these people. No. <laughs> he only says that once, though. Because but, I think afterward, they're like, oh, crap, that's not going to work out. <laughs> but Yvonne, he killed her off schedule. It's a, it's a total disaster. Yeah. He screwed up. So that's probably why he was never a good actor. Is because you can't do stuff right. <laughs> Such a clown. Our, our backstory is that her husband was a actor that did not achieve as much success as Blaze or Diane had achieved. A bit her. of a star is born. Where like he had something going and it didn't quite work out, and she was like her rocket took off instead of supporting. And being like, hey, I'm really happy for yeah. you. That's just how I would. Be. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's how I was raised. I, I, I wouldn't go, man, I'm going to go kill a bunch of people because you're doing really well. Yeah. That Russian Imperial Stout, that comes out really thick out of that can. <laughs> oh, I, I mean. It's it, like chocolate milk. <laughs> Jason, it's, a, it's an overused term. 
Cheers. Cheers. You like it though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Nine percent is beginning to have its uh, effect on me a little bit. <laughs> you are not a Midwesterner. <laughs> No, but it's an overused term when you talk about these kind of beers. But motor oil, there's a thickness. Oh, it's yeah. like it's got a viscosity. But I, I nice. would never pour it into a car yeah, or yeah. oil. But yeah, that would that would ruin your car. <laughs> it would ruin the beer too. I was thinking more about the beer. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you don't you don't want to do that. No, no, no. no, no. That'd be a waste of good <laughs> no, beer. No, no. I gotta give our give a hoot about the car i'm like i just poured a really good beer down there god no thank you guys odd muse is good super cool spot if you're if you're in the dallas area definitely visit highly recommend opulence uh russian imperial stock this thing is tasty i could get into some stupid trouble like if you just cut me loose in hollywood on new year's eve (laughs) this that'd be fun he goes he's gonna kill somebody so confusing well so let me ask you this at one point, I'm thinking he had to plan this out way in advance because he literally has a trunk in the basement <laughs> of the hotel. And when you open up the trunk, there's all this electronic equipment. So it's not something like, oh, oh I didn't. I, I clearly had to look at how the electronics were done, the lighting, the elevator system done was at this hotel. Jason, he had to do. He had to have some schooling. Yes, <laughs> I mean seriously. But, but I did learn you could just use a screwdriver and you can just like totally mess around with the elevator. He totally did. Over the elevator, it's like that's got that takes some schooling. But he had like a huge steamer trunk full of, I, I'm assuming, costume changes from this guy. <laughs> you no, know, it's it's great because he does. He goes to the Crawford Crawford Sanitarium. Sanitarium. He starts becoming Fletch, like the unfunny <laughs> Fletch. This guy goes through a lot of costumes. Is it odd for a slasher movie, Michael, that the focus becomes far more? On the slasher Richard, because you see his face right off. There's no question yeah. of who this person's going to uh, be. This one sort of warps the rules because it is. It, a lot of it is from the perspective of the killer. We're living in his world. It's L.A. You know, your slashers were off the not kind of yeah. quiet Midwest towns. Yeah. You're in Hollywood. He's going all over the place on New Year's Eve in Hollywood. Very quickly. <laughs> like I have no idea where the Crawford Sanitarium was supposed to be located. <laughs> But he gets there fast. But, well, at one point they talk about North Hollywood. Yes. This dude is bouncing around L.A. I would love to know the routes he's taking yeah. because I live here. <laughs> Seriously. Did he take the 405? Uh, what, did, how did he get down uh, from North he, Hollywood all the way back there? here to here? <laughs> he's at the Crawford Sanitarium and he, and as he, Jeff Winter. Or is it Jeffrey Winters? Jeff, no. Jeff, Jeff Winters, Winters. With the mustache. Sent, fr- <laughs> sent from the county. First of all, we got to talk. It's like, it's a very uncomfortable, t- to me, because it's this cliched, the sanitarium, mentally ill people are there. And they have this whole cliched view where people, are. they look at the mentally ill as people who just sort of hold their own hands and like bounce around and act quote unquote crazy. And it's a little awkward. And they're showing them the Blaze show. And the two nurses are just watching the show and like and laughing. grooving and like, yeah, the patients are, just, it's just this like cliched, stereotypical, well, I don't ugly think, view. I think it was just like, we need extras. And when they show up, we're like, listen, can you just act like you're crazy? And people are like, okay, I guess I'll, this yeah. is my interpretation of being crazy. And there's only two nurses. And also the nurses are kind of dressed in what I consider 
the sexy nurse Halloween outfit. A little like, bit, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's like the nurse ratchet hat. Yeah. But then, yeah, it gets... So, one nurse, she she leaves. She's going to go have a smoke because this is a time when people would just smoke. Smoke if you got where them. they were. Yeah. Wherever you want. Exactly. And then, all of a sudden, the killer, he pops up. Yep. He pops out of a door. She goes, whoa! No Ooh. questions asked. This is the private sanitarium. If, if, I don't know how this stuff works. Yeah. It was a private sanitarium, but hey, they sent me over from county. Said you needed some uh, extra help, and she kind of looks at him. She goes, "Because he's a good-looking guy, and he's got the '80s do." Yeah. Kip Niven, the actor, he's a good—he's yeah. a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. no and, doubt about and it. And I gotta tell you, he does a great job of acting. Yeah, he saves this movie. I find this to be a very silly movie. <laughs> This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> but he he alone is the point. Besides the theme song, it's him. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the nurse is like, mm, so so glad you're here. <laughs> and she's got these funny faces she yeah. makes. And he has this big tape recorder type. And, and, like a boombox. Yeah. I, I had to. It's like a Hitachi boombox. I, I think I'm like, I think I had that. <laughs> and, and she goes, I see, see you brought some music. <laughs> and he goes, I have it written down. I always come well equipped. Yeah. Bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> and not only well cut, all he pulls out, he's like, I have this Almaden California Blanc de Blanc champagne. You wanna knock down a couple? <laughs> and at first, her first look is kind of very scolding. Yeah. You've never been to this place. He goes, I don't know my my way around yeah. here. By the way, I have booze. Booze and music. It's, that's not what you do. You do that if you're hanging out with us, but you don't do that at a job. So at first, she kind of looks at him as if, no, dude, that ain't cool. And he goes, you know, it's a, it's a good year. Oldest commercial winery in California, just to let you know. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I wouldn't drink their stuff warm because he has, he's pulling out a, warm, a bottle. warm bottle of champagne. <laughs> But she really quickly oh yeah, she's, warms up to the idea. She's ready to party. Hooking up with this Jeff Winters guy. Yeah. I just enjoy watching how he maneuvers because he goes from like, like I said, Fletch. Yeah. It's like he dresses oh, up absolutely. He dresses up as, as a hospital worker, dresses up as a priest, dresses up as a guy with mustache. For a lot of times, for no reason. I, I think There's he just no enjoy, enjoys dressing up. Like I said, I think this is because he was an actor mm-hmm. and he says... I'm going to prove that I'm a good actor. She's like, I need a costume change for this. <laughs> I'm going to fool all these people I murder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill my audience. <laughs> but we got a cutaway and we're introduced to Lieutenant Clayton and Sergeant Green from LAPD. And this is when you get into this misogyny in the movie where their first approach to Blaze is they, they have complained, her manager complained, like, hey, we got this strange call. And their first thing they say, you should expect that from the type of audience your show appeals to. And then he's like, you know, you create a problem, and then you complain about it. I'm like, wait a second. You people <laughs> amaze people. me. Yeah. He's totally judging her by the crowd yeah. that's there because they have piercings and their yeah. hair is colored. You people amaze me. You caused a killer because <laughs> your music is, you know, new Jason, wave is killer music. <laughs> Jason, it's not my job to prevent crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to judge you. No, but it's hilarious. Sergeant Green and Lieutenant Clayton, they, they they do it. It was something I just I had a really tough time with because just basically walked in and said, uh, this guy just said he was going to murder somebody yeah. at midnight. What are you going <laughs> to... Boy, not, not my job. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to cut away, and once again, you're with Derek, and Diane Blaze is... She's trying to be a mom a little bit, and once again, this is her night. And he's like, are you all right? Um... 
Oh, he's just he's being such a baby. Oh God, I, what's the problem with her son? Like I, I mean, I'm not making fun of people who have mental illness or they feel neglected by their parent, but totally with he he's an adult and he knows this is a big night for his mom. Regardless if she's a horrible mom the rest of your give her some slack at least on this night. There are some pills on the table. There, there's well, there is some mention of like headaches. Like she yeah. said, and she goes, you know, you having the headaches. Yeah. Not bashing on people with no. mental illnesses. This character is just so unlikable because he's he's selfish. And again, this movie almost makes her the villain. Everything happened because of this woman. And that's a problem I have with it. I mean, we can laugh and go goof about it. But at the same time, it is one issue I have with this movie. You have a villain, a guy going out and killing people. But they go, it's her fault. She's a bad mother and a bad wife. Yeah. So she deserves it. And we never actually see that, Jason. We he, don't. He mentions it. And at one point, she sort of talks a little friendly with a cop. But we never see it. We just see somebody who's working really hard at their career. And I'm like, that shouldn't be a reason to for you to murder people and you, you know, your son to be just a jerk. And the characterization is... You know, Derek is trying to tell him about Spaceship America, and she's not listening because her manager is talking over, saying, we got to get this ready. And honestly, I've had the same thing with my kids, where either I have a work call or something, and I'm listening, and they're trying to say, hey, Dad, Dad, I want to tell you something. And I was like, you know what, listen, at appropriate time, I'll listen to you. And it's not bad parenting to set limits on people saying, it's not appropriate at this time because I'm dealing with work, yeah. or I'm dealing with something else. You know, you are the most important thing in my life. I'll talk to you later, but not at this moment. We're going to pause on that. Yeah, and, yeah that and, but for some reason, that's the characterization to show that she's a bad mom. I know. And, and I mean, I, I don't have children. If I was a parent, it's like one of the reasons I would not be a good parent is if my kid came to me and said, I got a role on Spaceship America, I'd go, that's a stupid name for a show. They need to change that. <laughs> Spaceship America is a is a turd. <laughs> you need to get off that show. That show stinks. I can only imagine it, it was probably something very similar to Team America World Police. <laughs> something you know, or like Spaceship nineteen ninety nine with, with yeah. Martin Balsam. Yes, yes. Uh, Martin Landau. Martin, Martin yeah. Landau. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Martin. What was that one that Steve Carell just made? The Spaceship series where they were. Yeah, Space Force. Space. I think it was Space Force. No, Spaceship America. I go, son. That that show sucks. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. So anyway. We're back to the sanitarium. The, yes, the, the sanitarium because they're messing around. They cut the warm champagne and they're messing around. They got music. They're listening to the countdown. And then he reaches over and hits record. And this is pretty twisted. This is this is some messed it up does. stuff. He records as the countdown hits midnight in New York. He murders Jane Marley. Yeah, Nurse Jane. Actress Taffy O'Connell, who, you know, I remember for Galaxy and Terror because she has a pivotal scene in in that movie but then we get uh i think made in japan they are slightly more punk they actually sound somewhat punk compared to shadow the made in japan band who is also a real band like your second or third tier new wave band i'm sure like they threw like rocks around hollywood and found like we're looking for new wave bands we're not going to be too discriminatory like you know if you have a heartbeat and you're willing to pay like play for like this low amount of money well you could be in the movie 500 bucks that's what you're getting no no the whole all of you have to spend 500 bucks because the singer the singer is so hilarious that's a weird movement he had weird movement and he would just take the microphone and like go 
throw it hand to hand. And I'm going to tell you, even though I make fun of the music, because it is not indicative of what they were trying to portray, yeah. the songs are actually kind of catchy. I sort of enjoy the yeah. soundtrack to this is actually not that bad. No, no, no I agree. You know, in terms of movie soundtracks, particularly horror movie soundtracks, it's a pretty good soundtrack. You know. So, and of course, Evil has to call back. <laughs> yeah, and give explicit directions of where... Here's the thing. If you're a decent police officer or lieutenant, like Clayton is, <laughs> we haven't seen that yet, but if you are, he is giving clues who he is. He basically says on that call, if you go to Clayton Sanitarium, uh, you're going to find uh, the bodies. I made my first kill on schedule. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. Again, the whole thing, Jason, <laughs> is built on a lie because he said at my New Year's resolution, I'm going to kill someone on New- at midnight that you know. He killed Yvonne before he said this, and we never find out if Blaze knows the nurse. Yeah. Because um, she doesn't go, oh my gosh, Nurse Jane, when my yeah. husband was in a sanitarium <laughs> yeah. years back. My sorority. You know. Because did we ever find out, was, we he, shared was a he cigarette. Crawford? Is, is Crawford where he was? Is, we do re- understand we, at one point he was at Crawford Sanitarium. Yes, we don't understand uh, yeah, the timeline right. yes. where he's no, at, but, when but, he was but there. he was, yes. I, I, and I do believe I wrote that yeah. down. But They I'm, wrote themselves I'm, in the circle like, oh, we shouldn't have said that. <laughs> You know, we probably should say, I'm just going to kill random people. It's like, like you're painting your floor, yeah. and all of a sudden you realize, oh, crap, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in a corner. Yeah, I'm in a corner. I'm in a corner. I have no access to the beer, and I've got opulence, and Russian Imperial Stout in the fridge, and I, I could just be standing here sipping one of those, which this is a sipper. This beer is one you sip. I always tell people, like, with something like this, take this out of the refrigerator about 20 minutes before you're going to open it. When it's too cold, you lose so much of that flavor. Like, you're probably getting it right now. Yeah. I mean, it is roasty and uh, coffee. And that's, I mean, I know, I, I mean, I, I get chocolate notes I too. Like, but I always like the cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheersing is fun. Yeah. It's that deep, dark chocolate. Like, it's right. that 98% yeah. cacao type of stuff where it's like, oh, I sort of enjoy yeah. that. No, that, it's, that it's really good. But this... Um, A winter treat. I don't ski, but I like the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. Or if we were to do like a nice hike. Yes. If we were to do like a nice winter hike, throw a couple of these in the in the pack. We'd have to make sure the hike was uphill because then we have to be able to stumble down. Oh, no, that's it's, it's the summit. It's the summit here, Jason. You, you get to the top and you, you pull these out and I go, hey, Jason, I brought these. And you go, ah, I knew you were going to bring something like that, Michael. I was in Upland, so I looked up and saw Mount Baldy. And I remember you did that hike, and I'm like, you know what? That might be a summit beer from Mount Baldy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like this year, because uh, it, when it gets winter... It's, oh, yeah. It's, you, there's there's, you need, there's you need, white on the top of it right there. You need some mountaineering. Yeah. But, and, and I've read that. And it's like, I don't mind the cold. I don't mind the snow. But they said you should have mountaineering experience. I really don't. So, yeah. you know, but if it's cold, yeah, we get to the top of Baldy. Yeah. I think we earned this. When you, when you get up to the top... The summit beer. I earned this. Yeah. I, I didn't shag my butt up here to just look around and sip water. So we have a couple cutaway scenes. And then once we have this strange thing with the son, Derek, once again, where he's pulling a nylon over his face and he's... He's talking to himself, himself in the mirror. Yeah. And, 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 and he's so like, hey, weird. I have something? I don't understand no, any of that. Because, no. Because again... We know he's the, not the, the killer. killer. Exactly. And I don't we know. We know who the killer is. I don't know if the, the inference is like, oh, later on he's going to start killing too. But I mean, I, I don't know. But and, then we get to the single best moment of the movie <laughs> the stash. Yeah. Evil, who we don't know at this point, I kind of guess, yeah. 
And after you watch it, you go, oh, that's, it's Blaze's husband. He's the killer. He's putting on a fake mustache. And I swear, he's put he puts something on his skin yeah. to make him look like a tan dude. Oh, yeah. Like a more tan, like I go to a tanning bed. You know, but he's got this big... Like late seventies, eighties, bushy mustache, and he's gonna go to a discotheque. But why? Why does he need to put that? I mean, clearly, I'm thinking he's like, I really like disguises. So, Jason, I'm gonna I'm put this you, mustache on because they thought, oh, this guy's a failed actor. So <laughs> I think that's exactly why they do it. I'm not kidding. I really think that's part of it. I mean, it's, th- this scene's one of my favorite scenes. Now, right beforehand, Le- Lieutenant Clayton also informs Blaze, oh, we went to Crawford Santorum. We now believe you. When Clayton does that, is it common practice for the police to just, like, say, we didn't find a woman dead. Yeah, she was cut up really bad. No. Like, cut, no. cut her breasts and cut this and cut yeah. this. Like, he goes into this graphic detail. Like, this guy is not for, he's for real. It was... It was <laughs> Just, it's not. I just watched it. You see Blaze. She's going, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't even hear he this. He could have just told me that yeah. he killed a woman. But he does. He goes into some serious detail. You're like, whoa, this creep is real. <laughs> like, 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 he's sort of surprised. Yeah. We didn't believe you at first because, you know, the crowd that listens to you. But now. I certainly didn't think We got that. a massacre up here at the sanitarium. <laughs> made my officers throw up. And I'm going to describe it to you. <laughs> Let me tell you, yeah. when, when I signed on with the Hollywood PD, I didn't expect to find this kind of thing. No. I thought it'd be sort of a sleepy little town with Otis the Drunk. I just thought that was, there was something kind of strangely funny about that to me. But yes, so we go back to the disco, the disco tech where awesome eighties disco. It's awesome, but it, and it looks like it's in someone's basement. Yeah, totally. When they walk out, there's like an auto repair shop. It looks like in the valley somewhere in the background. And he's in there with his with his cheesy eighties suit on, smoking cigarillos. He's got, he's got yep, he's got the cigarillos going. He's leaning on the bar. These two blondes are standing there at the bar, and a guy just comes up and goes. Would one of you lovely ladies like to have this dance? And one of them just goes off. Because that's how it works, yeah. apparently. In the 80s, you know? You had a discotheque. I, everybody's wanting yeah. to dance in. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't go around wearing fake mustaches in the 80s to, to know if that works. So so he goes, I'm going in on the second lady. He starts laying down the cheese lines big time. Oh, my he's, gosh. He, first of all, Jason, he's got this clearly fake mustache. Yes. Which is a huge red flag. Exactly. If someone comes up to me with the fake mustache. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, when we did Warlock Moon, you <laughs> the, the bad disguise he wore. It was, was trying so to. Dumb. At least he was being dumb. <laughs> this guy's <is> being serious. <laughs> the Groucho Marx glasses. Right, you know, you're not trying to fool anybody. Yeah. This guy's actually trying to, like, I'm undercover. But you cannot help but stick. Once he puts that mustache on, every scene, I'm looking at the mustache like, man, that is quite the stash. Yeah. And this, and this woman's like that. Ditzy, stereotypical, like, the, oh. You know the I mean? actress, <laughs> L- Louisa Moritz, she was known. Last American Virgin, and also another Happy Days reference. Third episode, she was, uh, I wouldn't say the stripper, but she was a nice person at the Richie Cunningham's. He attends a stag party with Potsy, gets drunk, she takes him home. So it's a kind of a mini Happy Days reunion in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But she was in Death Race 2000. She was... um. 
Sylvester Stallone's uh, partner. With, what was his name? Machine Gun Joe DiVardio or something like that. I don't remember the name. But she was in that. But yeah, she was a, plays a ditzy blonde. Does a good job in this. <laughs> oh, she, she does a great job. And, and he's... He's throwing around names, Michael. Throwing names. He, he's like, oh, I gotta go to this party <laughs> up at Eric Estrada's. You can't can't be more 1980 than that. Of course, the mention of Eric Estrada, she's, whoa, what's that? And he goes, who's you, an agent or something? And he goes, no, I'm a business manager. A lot lot of these Hollywood types are divas. And he's just being cheesy as hell. And he goes, wait, you know. And I'm going to be totally honest, this character is not interesting at all. She just sort of giggles. And he starts the whole thing off asking like, hey, what time is it? Do you have the time? And she looks at his watch and he goes, these fancy watches. He's like, the more expensive the watch, the less they work. And then she goes, you know, Zodis, which you told me. Oh, yeah, I grew up with Zodis. Target (laughs) for the West Coast. In the 70s and 80s. And so (laughs) then he invites her, and he's a business manager. And you're a really interesting woman. She's not. No. At all. I mean, all we've gotten from her so far is I bought a watch. Zodis. Zodis. But he goes, you know, I take you with me. Yeah. I mean, he's just looking. He's looking at his time. He's like, man, I need to kill someone to stay back on schedule. Which, again... Your schedule started poorly because you just killed some rando yeah. and then lied about the, how you're going to do this. So your whole scheme is built on a yeah. lie, Richard. What happens is that she's like, I need to go to a powder room. And he's like, okay, I'll meet you outside. And when she comes outside, she's with her friend, Lisa. You can see that he's a little put off, but he's like, okay, but I'm like, he goes, why don't we get my car over there? The Mercedes. He's not hiding the fact that this character, that's his car. That's his license plate. I mean, if he's trying to be a disguise, rent a car. Because the police didn't figure him out because of his car. This car is registered to this person. (laughs) That person is your husband. He thinks so many things out, but he doesn't think about renting a car. I mean, that's the problem. with He spent a lot of time. that's your problem? Well, there's a lot of problems. (laughs) But that's one of them. They stop at a liquor store. Golden Arrow Liquor. Go buy the biggest, most expensive bottle of champagne. And this is my one of my favorite parts. He's alone with with Sally, and he goes, "We well, want to smoke some weed? weed." I got Colombian here. Smell it. And it's just a big, <laughs> empty plastic bag. He goes, "I got Colombian here. Smell it." Puts it over and just kills her that way and I know I'm laughing about someone being murdered but it's just so ridiculous because she's like I'll put my head in that bag and Lisa <laughs> comes out and she goes oh man this thinks they bailed but immediately her antenna are up she finds a shoe it's like a trail oh oh <laughs> goes to a dumpster <laughs> and a part of Sally's dress is hanging out and so Lisa's like oh this is this I'm going to look in well. there because yeah. so that Sally's a prankster. I don't understand why. At that point... You run back in yeah, to the guy who awkwardly said, and, you know, happy... Have a nice New Year's. <laughs> Looking at the camera. Like, I can't look at the camera. Yeah. Like, I'm not an actor. The most awkward exchange ever. <laughs> and she opens the dumpster, looks in, and there's dude with his fake mustache. Richard's like... And he has a, does he have a lighter, too? He's lighter. like, light, and I'm like, how does he grab her with, like, one like it's awkward scene he's like hey by the way i'm gonna kill you <laughs> it make, honestly michael this is where i'm like uh, another point where I'm like this makes no sense he decided i killed sally now i'm gonna lay in wait for lisa and the easiest thing to do is set up a mouse trail for him like a gingerbread trail and i'm gonna hide in a dumpster hoping she's gonna lift this metal lid on a dumpster <laughs> and look in and i'm gonna be like surprise i'm in here yep 
what if the guy from the liquor store was emptying out the trash or anybody else came there? Would you be like, oh, sorry, just kind of hanging out in the hanging I, out in the dumpster? I'm just hanging out here with a dead body. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. I think <laughs> weird is giving it too much credit, Jason. Because, of course, he calls it in. The cops are there in like one minute. Exactly. And these the, are good cops. <laughs> they go around they're like, hey, there's some blood. For this time, he actually put them in swings. He said there was a swinger. He posed them, which doesn't stand with the rest of what he's done in the other two. It, no. make, it makes no sense. No, like, no, uh, no. Oh, oh, well, Jesus. Jason, none of this makes sense. This, I, I, this movie like, this is just, hurts no. my mind Oh, sometimes. no, th- this, this movie is a coke binge. <laughs> it just makes no sense. You think at the time when they're making it, they probably thought, man, that's pretty cool. And then afterwards you go, oh, this is, oh. A, this is a mess. You know, you know that time we, got, we, we were drinking a bunch of beer and we thought we had a really cool idea? That did not turn out so cool. Because as the police are heading down there, he decides he is going to stop and disguise himself as a priest. <laughs> Why? Clearly likes disguises. And this is odd, too, when we talk about the slasher genre of horror, where we follow his escapades rather than typically the final girl and the heroes. Because he's dressed up as a priest now. He's in his car. He's listening to the radio because they're talking about him, and there's a bunch of bikers around, and for some reason the bikers are harassing a priest. He's not paying attention. He crashes. Like, it sounds like really hard into the bikers. He rear-ends the bikers, (laughs) which is a bad thing. Yeah. And so he takes off. He's running from them, and he goes to the Van Nuys Drive-In, and he pulls in. He's going to hide from them there. Now, he is nice. When he pulls in, he actually pays for his ticket. <laughs> well, because at, at this point, like he's starting to become a little unfra- a little frazzled. Yeah, a little, a little, yeah. His plan is coming unglued. He's like, yeah, <laughs> boy. So yeah, he goes into the drive-in, and and again, it's his car, and, and there's a couple messing around. So awkward <laughs> because he is. He's just feeling this woman up. She's <laughs> there smoking pot and everything like that. The guy offers no resistance. Yeah. Coolly lets everything go, yeah. and the priest, you know, slasher, takes the car. One of the bikers, they found this car, and they're beating up his car. And so he uses this car with this teenage makeout couple, but he ends up stabbing one of the bikers. He's like, I'm a man of the cloth. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm, I don't believe in violence, <laughs> except <laughs> <Yeah>. for now. <laughs> and so he's left his vehicle at the drive-in. He's paid for a ticket. So the ticket person and her manager saw him drive in. <laughs> Jason, at this point, I think there's a spiral. feel like things are closing in. I'm going off the rail. And that's what he's doing right now. And the female in the car makes no move to try to get out of the car. Because at first, I don't think he even realized that she's still in the car when he takes off in this new car. And all of a sudden, he realized, like, oh, it just so happens. Ooh, happenstance. She's not in a cop car. <laughs> yeah. she's a, she could, like, at any point, if he has to stop or slow down, or even if you're driving, you could jump out. But she goes, hey, I don't have any money. but And if you want to get it on, yeah. like, I won't make no fuss. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hold up there. Yeah. First of all, you have options. Yeah. You have options. It boggles my mind. It's problematic for me. This woman doesn't think to jump out. You're not going to write a character that thinks to save its save herself. Exactly. You're going to write a character that's just going to be submissive. Very problematic thing I have with this movie. So they're taking off. He has this woman in the back. And he's like, oh, great. He goes, I'm going to meet my time schedule. Like, this is great. I have, by happenstance, I have another victim. He nearly runs over to drunk celebrating New Year's Eve. And all of a sudden, she runs out and jumps. And they're at a park with a baseball field. 
And he goes chasing after her. He's tapping. He's tapping the bleachers oh with the God. knife. It's 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 a, it's a super like serial killer Dude. vibe type thing. But then the drunk folks are you know telling the cops, "Hey, some guy chasing a girl." Yeah, over that way. So the yeah. cops show up, and all of a sudden he's on the run now. At this point, the cops have brought in this shrink. Totally TV shrink. Oh, my God. Jason, he's, he's just so bad. He's spewing all this stuff, and he's yeah. doing it in the, that kind of voice where, you know, I, I'm, I'm an announcer on TV. You know. this, is what, this is what this guy does. He kills for this and lost and blah, 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 blah. He has a mother fixation and, because and meanwhile, he's... Derek is, like, lurking with the... <laughs> Nylon, like literally like right five feet away. Corner. He's like listening in and he's going, he's, like, he's just a crap person. I'm sorry. He might be mentally ill, but I, I think also if you take that away, he's just a crap person. He's just a crumb bum. Yeah. And Don't like him. the police, Lieutenant Clayton comes out, tells the punkers that, listen, we're still off the hotel. We have a feeling that the killer is making its way there. No one's going to be allowed to leave. No one's going to be allowed to come in. And they're like, boo! Boo Ernst! <laughs> they were not saying boo Ernst. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> Guy comes up. He tries to get in because the place is on lockdown. Yeah. He's from Huntington Beach. And yeah, he should so be able to get in. He drove up from Huntington Beach. Which, if you know the area, like where you're going, where, that's where, a where you came from, I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah, I... I know why it took that long. Yeah. So, but so the the priest is is going. Ooh, I'm going to find another way. And Jason, another reason I think he's an actor that it's a failed actor is because he goes back down into a garage, and there are police obviously on a lo- the entrance. A, another lobby entrance. There's and two so, police officers. So he decides he he adopts a southern accent, <laughs> like Foghorn Leghorn. He does. No, he does. It is totally. And, and he goes, "Hey, hey, officer." Come on over here. I think I found a drunk. Uh, here's my issue with this scene. Number one, the second officer had walked inside, so there's one officer guarding. And they're told, no one comes in. We're on lockdown. If I was an officer, I would have called it in and said, hey, someone's complained about something in the garage. I need assistance over here. Because otherwise, you're leaving your post that you're just told to man and Wait. not... <laughs> Wait, hold on, Jason. You, you, you mean... You don't see somebody. You just hear a voice yeah. yelling in You're a like, garage. I'm going to go investigate. And go, and you know that there's a, a nasty murderer <laughs> on the loose, and and they believe quite possibly that murderer is trying to come here. Yeah, exactly. So you just hear a disembodied voice, yeah, like, and you're and you're not just going to follow it. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not that trustworthy. You you are not a good cop. <laughs> so the cop walks over, and what happens? He grabs a brick, smacks him. Now I got to ask you this: When you first see the scene, there's two cops out there, and they they have name tag. Do you think that they know each other? <laughs> because he puts the whole cops outfit on, including the name tag, and, and walks by the other cop. The cop doesn't say anything. And it fits him. The cop is much bigger than him. It's not like close. Not like close it, at all. It's sort of tailored to yeah. his body. Yeah. So he's he's in. And I don't understand because he walks past the other cop, doesn't say a word, doesn't say Hey, are you checking in here? Or like, hey, like you look really different from five minutes ago. <laughs> so the killer is now in the hotel. Sergeant Green, because Blaze wants to like go do her thing, yeah. and Sergeant Green's like, hey, you're not getting out of my sight. Yeah. I am sticking with you. That was something that you go, that makes sense. That does. With the killer now in the hotel, he goes to a trunk. He has a steamer trunk. I've mentioned this before. So he had to plan this in advance. He had to oh, think, hell yeah. oh, at this time, they're going to be there. I have to put a steamer trunk next to a electrical breaker station that also manages the lights and the elevators. And you have texted me, is that a Nixon 
Mask. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's a Stan Laurel. Stan, uh, that, uh, it, uh, that's so Laurel, strange. Laurel and Hardy. When you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. That is Stan Laurel's face. Kind of cartoonish version. So I wonder if maybe this movie, we're taking it more seriously yeah. than they were. It is totally creepy. When Blaze is in her room and all of a sudden... And you think this is it because... This guy walks out in like, what is it, like a sweatsuit? Yeah. Is it, he's wearing... Totally a, 80s sweatsuit. White. Every, every tab commercial in yeah. 1980 had this, you know, look. You know, Sergeant Green had come in and searched her room. He's all yeah. like, I had a big surprise. Yeah. And I'm going to be a jerk and I'm yeah. leaving. Meh. And you're just like, oh, I really want Derek to die. Yeah. I really want that character. Get him. Yes. <laughs> He's someone so, that she knows. But yeah, she's standing there and Richard Evil walks yeah. out. He's got the Stan Laurel mask and it is terrifying. And you think, oh, that's it for Blaze. And then... He takes it off. She goes, oh, Richard. And there's no mention of, well, Yvonne said you were all coked up and yeah. drunk. Or, and Yvonne kind of, she mentions her once in a while, but nobody really, really kind of addresses the uh, fact that Yvonne's been missing this whole night. Her assistant <laughs> went missing yeah. when all of this crap started. Where are the police detective work yes, on this? Yes, like, <laughs> let's find her. <laughs> How about we go, where Where was the last time he talked to her? Let's go there and try to find her. She just goes, oh, it's so good to see you. Richard, yes, you and your yes. jokes. And, and he goes, well, you know, I better go introduce myself to this cop. I don't want to. But Sergeant Green, even though he mentioned Sergeant Green, he's like, hey, Ernie said I could come in. Sergeant Green does not trust him whatsoever. Sergeant Green is actually really spot on with yeah. all this because he said, hey, man, nobody can come in here. Yeah. And he said, oh, her. her Manager, her, Ernie. Her, yeah, agent. Her agent, yeah. Ernie Moffat. He said so. Follows up on that. Yeah. He totally follows up. And that's up. what Colson caused a cascading yeah, the impact. Are, well, and they also they, they go, oh, they found this car. This car registered to your husband that a bunch of bikers were trashing. Yeah. And this also, year. and this guy was like a stab of Ruski. Yeah. And also, you know, did you know your husband was at the Crawford Sanitarium? <laughs> like everything all of a sudden starts lining up. <laughs> like, blink, 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 blink. Also, Lieutenant Claims, like, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, like, one of those things would make you go, dude, get up there right now. And so Sergeant Green and Blaze are in the elevator, and Richard, the killer, he has a screwdriver in, in like, part of his steamer trunk. He had these cords... He's doing something with the the you have to be like, circuit breakers. We're all electrical work. You have to. I mean, there is. It's, but apparently, it, you're just jamming a jamming a screwdriver up and down, and you can speed up or slow down the elevator. And, and of course, there's like there's a couple, and, and they're like, "Hey, this is some crazy ass going on here." First, her and Green are in there, and they're it making falls it. very fast. Out. Yeah, Green's. Tell, it's really funny because the cop <laughs> is like, "I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, like, push, push that those button, buttons. push that button." And so he he dispatches Green. He takes his wife, and he goes, "You know, I'm going to do a couple of things yeah. here because he's now he's revealing everything to him." And he's like, "I'm going to change you." And this is actually really creepy. This is where he breaks it all down. He says, basically, you're more successful than me. I don't like it. I've had to beg. Yvonne was first because I had to beg through yeah. her for every penny. Yeah. Women are mean. The la- says, ladies are not very nice people. They manipulate, they're immoral, and they're selfish. And then yeah. he makes a reference that Derek's told me that you tried to turn him off. I, I don't know what that turn... Was it? Was he using turn on in terms of drugs? Or was he saying that the mom was coming off? 
honor. I mean, it's a strange throwaway line, but it was a weird line. I thought he was saying, it's like you're turning on your son okay. like you do to me. Okay. Like trying to imagine you I assume I assume like even awfulness, like you're oh, trying to turn on your wow, son. You, you really <laughs> I was like, oh. No, no. I think you turn, like tried to make him like me, like yeah. you imagine, because he says you emasculated yeah. me, which is you took my manhood yeah. away. Jason, it's, just, it's really messed up to me yeah. because I emasculate you how? Because I'm successful. That's messed up. It is. That, that's that's where people could have... I have a problem with this movie. Yeah. And I think they're showing him as a villain, you know, making those statements. But at the same time, they're, they're not truly... Victimized. Yeah, they're trying to show him as a victim a little bit. And trying to show, you know, Diane Blaze being the really bad person in this. We never see these things that yep. he talks about. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Because we're near the end of this movie. We are. And there's a lot to unpack with this movie, but... There's also a lot to unpack with this beer. <laughs> I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Oh, I am. But, but it's this good. Thing, this thing is, it can get after you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That deep, dark chocolate, all of that stuff is, like, just the smell of it. This Odd is, Muse, thank you guys so much. Odd Muse, thank you. We both love trying new breweries. Yeah. Whenever I'm traveling, it doesn't matter if a place is going to contribute beer. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to be coming back with stuff. Yeah. I love doing that. It's when I go somewhere, I look what breweries are around that area. What's the scene there? Yeah. What, what can I check out? This place was a great little find. I mean, anytime we go back to visit Jane's family, Odd Muse is on my list. Nice. And I will always have something for us. You know? Even better. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it's not for the podcast, I'll just be like, Jason, I, I saw this. And I brought this for you. But that 9%. It's beginning to hit me as we're wrapping this up. I love it. You are not a Midwest, <laughs> you are not a Midwest Irish Catholic, are you? <laughs> no, but I was thinking, like, I have Russian blood. Like, it shouldn't have such an impact. <laughs> it's one of the things I joke about with some people. They said I'd, I'd pull back on the beer because I'm like, Jason would... We'd be, we'd be recording in the second episode. I could tell. I'd like, you. I don't even know where we're at, this show. <laughs> I said I started to pull back on the beer that I take because I said Jason Jason can't hang. He can't hang. And I'm like, it, it doesn't it doesn't help us if he's trashed. <laughs> he just, Jason's just sitting there talking gibberish and nonsense. And frontier gibberish. And I've had a couple friends, they kind of look at me and they go, they go, they go Michael. You shouldn't expect people to do what you do. <laughs> and, and I said, I didn't. I just, this stuff, I, I will say, it does, it, it creeps up on you. Oh, yeah. Why doesn't he kill her like everybody else? Like every single other woman, he kills her outright. And this decision, the ultimate victim, according to the TV psychologist, he chains her up. And I don't understand. Is he hoping that. It comes that, back down to squash her. And he but, wants her to think about it. He's like, I want you to think about. What you've done to me, which is what yeah. provided you a life where you can go to Palm Springs, Bring it coked up for New Year's, drive a Mercedes around. I, I the same thing. I don't buy fake mustaches from a mustache guy. I don't know. But he chains her underneath the elevator. And my thinking is this: he just wants the last moments of her life to be horrifying. Anticipation of death is worse than death itself, yeah. kind of thing. So she's gonna go up, and then when it comes down, it's gonna crush her. But Lieutenant Clayton has now figured things out. All of a sudden, like, they're shooting at each other. I think Richard is like, this is not working out as I had planned. <laughs> so there's a chase <laughs> in the stairway that leads to the roof. How, well, do, you, how do you go from the basement I don't know. And get that was my other thing. Is like, if you're smart, 
You never run up. There's no access. You're limiting your options. But Jason, one of the things I'm wondering is how do you go from like the basement, the garage, to the top floor? That's a lot and, of floors in that hotel. don't <laughs> stop you. But he gets up there and he puts the mask, the Stan Lorma, and I gotta tell you. Because he's, he's, he's a trapped animal now. He has no way out. And again, Kip Nevin does some really, really nice acting. He does. Because, because I'm telling you, we were talking about it before, he has the mask on, and you can tell the expressions he's making. It's really impressive to he's me. He's a good actor. It's his act that saves the movie. But, but of course, Lieutenant Clayton, Clayton, he goes, don't you dare, you scum. And then he's, Richard recites a line from Hamlet. It's from the Act 3 the scene with to be or not to be, which why are they ending this note on a it goes, you know, failed I, Shakespearean actor? I'm not an actor. I didn't. Yeah. But I know that's one of those yeah. iconic, and it's one of those things I think people probably roll their eyes at. If somebody says, I'm going to do this speech for yeah. Hamlet. And then I'm going to. they go, oh my God, really? Clayton's like, you know, John. And he does that little speech, and he jumps. He commits suicide. Again, kind of a break from a your. Typical slasher. You absolutely. don't see that. And he lands, and so a crowd gathers, obviously. Derek is there. Dude's wearing a mask. Derek takes the mask. That's evidence. He's (laughs) hovering around the body, and then a cop comes over and goes, hey, give him some space. And I'm thinking that's a bad body, doesn't need the space. (laughs) But he pulls Derek away, and Derek, somehow he has the mask. And no one says, like, oh, you really shouldn't have been touching that. That's evidence. You should hand it back. People are like, eh. We're not the best police officers. It's New Year's Eve. We're Squad C. I'm drunk right now. Exactly. (laughs) I've been been drinking opulence. (laughs) They save Blaze, but all of a sudden, after all this trauma, they feel that she needs to go. I don't know why she needs to go to hospital. What is that all about? They shove her into an ambulance. Jason... (laughs) Jason, every time I've watched this movie, the only reason she's there is for this next moment. We cut to the front of the ambulance. Now, remember, there is a crowd around here. There okay? is a huge crowd, and there's a man in the driver's seat wearing the mask, the Stan Laurel mask of the, the guy that just jumped from the building. And then there's a dead guy in like the passenger dead seat. Dead EMT next officer. Yes, and he's got a mustache, yeah. too, I believe. They drive off. And then we hear, oh, Hawaii's going to... And we get the impression Derek's going to kill his mom. That's the impression I get. The movie's over. So, Michael, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's your choice. No, I... Would you recommend this movie? Here's the thing. Especially after talking about it, it makes me re- want to recommend it more. This movie is just ridiculous. Oh, it is. It is silly. But it's something you could with a group of people. This is not a good movie. Cheesy is all hell. It's just silly. It makes no sense. There's great drink game opportunities yeah. coming on here. So that that's what it is. I feel like we hem and haw. And it's, it's like I recommend it, but I don't. Because this is not a good movie. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But, no, but it, but it is funny. It's, oh. it's unintentionally funny where I go, yeah, this movie sucks, yeah. but this movie's hilarious. It is. I mean, so that, what about you? That's where, exactly where I lie. Where this is a, a ridiculous movie. And I sat through it. At first, when Michael recommended it, I'm like, I don't think I've seen this movie. And then I watched it. I'm like, oh, Pinky Tuscadero. I've seen this movie. <laughs> Kip Niven, with his acting, saves the movie. Outside of him, it is not well acted. It makes no sense at all. Zero. But at the same time, I, what I would say, Jason, is it doesn't make sense, 
But coked up Hollywood in 1980 probably didn't make much sense. Either. Truer words have never been said. I bet, I bet if we could time travel back to New Year's Eve 1980 Hollywood and we'd be walking around going to parties and stuff, we go, holy smokes, New Year's Eve is spot on. This is just insane, ridiculous, and stupid. And everybody's way too wasted. And, you know, you have to fill out that horror movie holiday bingo card you need you need a new year's you gotta have you you have the new year's and you know if you're a big happy days fan you have a small happy days lots of happy days stuff but but i i would say you know do not come for the punk and new wave music no because it's really it's not not there it's not there no not at all songs are actually kind of catchy yeah listen to a theme song i mean it, it is catchy but the beer now that I could completely recommend. Uh, th- this thing is just like dark chocolate. And you should chips. probably be drinking beer if you ever watch this. Do not watch this movie without drinking beer. Jason, like I said, let's watch this. It's yeah. New Year's. You got a group of friends who enjoy a little bit of cheese. Let's come up with a drinking game. Every time that guy tries on a costume. Yeah. Every time Derek acts whiny, drink. Every time Lieutenant Clayton says something sexist, <laughs> drink. Wouldn't necessarily put opulence on the menu for that because you'll make it through like 15 20 minutes of the movie yeah unless you're hanging with me and my family you know it's those are the hard chargers it's like but for most people they would be out like the the first act you wouldn't make it a new year's it'd be like nine o'clock 9 p.m but again it's one of those as it as it warms a little bit like i'm getting some serious dark chocolate the coffee's there for me and i'm a coffee fan so i really really like it this is the coffee that you would have in the morning, and then yeah. you'd, you'd be like, "My day's over." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like my day didn't start nine a.m. and I'm it's quitting time. <laughs> Everybody taking a nap. Wait, it's ten a.m. Yeah, you're ten a.m. <laughs> We're gonna watch New Year's Evil today, everybody. <laughs> We're gonna pass this out in lieu of raises. <laughs> no opulence, Russian Imperial Stout. Odd views. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for thanks for hosting me when I was there. It was great. Thanks for supporting us. I, Absolutely, thank you. We're a small little production. Exactly. Anytime somebody goes, ah, we'll trust you with that. We'll throw you some bones. Yeah, <laughs> and we always try to uphold a certain integrity, even when it's a. It's a movie like New Year's Evil. <laughs> I picked it. We recommend it for the same reasons. Not because it's a great movie. No, no. No. <laughs> it's a silly movie. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Michael. <laughs> Happy New Year. Ha- ha- Happy New Year to you, too. I think that wraps things up. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And check out our website. This is Beer and Bee Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.